Nehemiah chapter number 8. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. Look at verse number 1. Now, bear with me tonight. We're going to go through some Bible names. And I can't pronounce them nowhere near right. And uh, you know how sometimes some preachers will be like, y'all read the verse with me. I thought about doing that with verse number 4. <laughs> There's 13 Bible names right there in the middle of it. And uh, we'd all be confused together. Amen. Sound like we was in here speaking in tongues. <laughs> we ain't that kind of church. Amen. Look at verse number one. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and all those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Madaniah and Shema and, or Shema and Ananiah and Uriah and Hilkiah and Messiah and Mishael and Malachi and Hashem and Hashbandana, Zechariah and Muslim. I'm pretty sure Hashbandana was Jamaican, amen? That just sounds like a Jamaican name. In verse number five, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. And he was above all the people. And when he had opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered amen and amen with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah and Jamin, Akub and Shabbatiah, Hodajiah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites, see if you read them fast, it sounds right. And the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. And so they read in the book, in the law, God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the uh, Tershatha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God, mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and Send portions unto them uh, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so the Levites stood all the people, saying, Hold your peace. For the day is holy, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. Lord, what a privilege it is to be in church tonight. Lord, we thank you for the rain. Uh, Lord, it might dampen some of our, our plans and our projects, Lord, that we had going on, but Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you knew that we needed it. And I ask you, Lord, tonight that you'd just move now in the preaching time. We thank you for the song service. Lord, thank you for the, the truths. Lord, they're not, they don't just sound good, Lord, but they're good songs with truth behind them. 
And we ask you, Lord, this evening, God, that you'd just continue to meet with, in, our, in our hearts tonight. Lord, speak to us directly through your word. Speak to us on a personal level. Lord, we're all in here tonight with the same need. We need to hear from heaven tonight. Lord, and we ask you, Lord, just one more time, God, would you meet with your people. God, take your word. Lord, apply it to our lives. Lord, and show us how we can, uh, Lord, do more for you, God, and you can do more through us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for tonight. Lord, be with the requests that were mentioned tonight. Lord, we thank you. Uh, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. Lord, we ask you, Lord, tonight that you just move in the hearts and lives of people. And Lord, we love, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Nehemiah chapter number eight. And we know the story of Nehemiah. He's the cupbearer for the king. And he gets word that the walls of Jerusalem and even Jerusalem itself is in, in a dire place. They're, they have been broke down. They have been uh, messed up and all of that stuff. And Nehemiah goes and he spies out the city and God begins to break his heart. And Nehemiah heads back and through the hand of God and the work of God, Nehemiah with these other Israelites rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And then they, in verse number, chapter number eight, they have brought back the law of God and they are reading it once again amongst the people. But I want you to notice now, I was joking around this evening, but verse number four tonight in picture and in type, there's a great picture of salvation tonight, but you're gonna have to stick with me tonight. You're gonna have to pay attention. If you got your pen and paper out, you're gonna have to write at lightning speed tonight and I'd figure out some shorthand for these Bible names, but there's some good truth right here as I begin to study it out. But look at verse number four tonight. There's Ezra the scribe and he is standing upon a pulpit of wood and in his hands is the law of God or the word of God. Now, the Bible says that on one hand he's got six men and on the other side he's got seven men. He's got six on his right hand and seven on his left. Now we see tonight that if you and I are looking at it from your perspective, we read left to right, don't we? We start on that side and we read this way. And so he's got six over here, he's got seven over here. Now in your Bible, the number six is the number of man, it's the number of sin. We, we understand that tonight, the number of the flesh and, and six is on this side and number seven is the number of perfection. It's the number of completion. How in the world does one go from six, a person of sin and a person of the flesh, to number seven, a person of completion? Well, there's one in the middle. How do you know, preacher? You're talking about Ezra? No, I'm talking about the one that Ezra's holding. He's holding the word of God and saying, John chapter number one, verse number one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that we beheld him as the only begotten of the father. And I'm glad tonight that you and I can go from six to seven and it's not through another man, it's not through another program, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. But here's what, I, I, I can't pronounce them, but I began to look them up. I began to look up the six on this side and, and Madani, his name means the gift of Jehovah. Uh, Shema means to hear. Uh, Ananiah means Jehovah has answered. You can read the book of Exodus and it says that the Lord answered them by reason of their cry, their taskmaster, and he, the gift of Jehovah. Then it goes, Uriah, Jehovah is my light. We watch God lead the nation of Israel through the wilderness as uh, by a fire by night and a cloud by day. And Hilkiah says, my portion is Jehovah. I would say tonight in the Old Testament that, that if you took God out of the Old Old Testament, Israel don't have a chance. Israel doesn't make it through. Then you got Manaziah, the work of Jehovah. 
Can I say when you look in the Old Testament, it is God intervening and God intermeddling into the, the affairs of men. He is there when Israel is walking around uh, in Egypt. He brings them out of, out of Egypt. He is there when David stands before Goliath. He is there when Jacob he sees all that he sees and does all that he does. It is God working in the midst of them. And we know tonight, if we were to break it down by a testament tonight, we know Old Testament tells us what God had to do to preserve the promise that he had made to man. But then you get there in the middle, there's the wood on the, or the, the word on the wood tonight. There's Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary. There is the one that can take the six and turn it into the seven. And so I begin to look at the names of the seven. I said, for surely it won't work out. For surely it won't make any sense. There on the, the first one on the other side of, of the one tonight is, is this man by the name, uh, where's it at? Uh, verse number four, Pedadiah. His name means God has ransomed. How many glad tonight? that Jesus paid it all and we are bought with the price. We're not bought with corruptible things. We're not bought with silver or gold, but we're bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I'm glad tonight to be ransomed by the Lord. But then you go, Michelle means who is what God is. Can I say tonight, I may not look like much. I, I may not have everything that everybody else has, but according to the word of God tonight, you and I, saved by the grace of God, are the joint heirs with Christ tonight. I'm glad tonight that I have what God has. God is is my father tonight. Then Malchiah means my king is Jehovah. Aren't you glad tonight when you got born again, you got a new king. Oh, the prince of this world used to run your life. He used to rule your life. But one day you got saved by the grace of God and now God the Father is your king. He is who you answer to. He's your supreme authority. He's on your side tonight and you have his authority. And oh, hasten, hasten, his name means rich. What's that song Brother Jacob sings? I went down a beggar, but I came up a millionaire. Can I say tonight, I don't have the world's riches tonight, but I've got all of heaven behind me. And I thank the Lord for that tonight. Boy, it's good. Then, then you got Haspanana. All right, Haspadana. His name means a considerate judge. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say when I stood before God, I stood before him guilty. I stood before him condemned. I stood before him as one who knew that he deserved hell and he was nothing better than him. But thanks be to God, there was a considerate judge who said, I will, I will, I will pardon your case, not because you're good, not because you earned it, but because my son died for you. I thank God for a considerate judge. Zachariah's name means Jehovah remembers. Aren't you glad tonight? when you feel like the whole world's forgot about you. Nobody cares about you. There's one that will not forget you. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm thankful tonight. But then Miss Shola, his name means friend. Oh, can I say on this side of Calvary, I've got the dearest friend any man could have. I thank the Lord for tonight right there in verse number four is a great picture of salvation. How do you go from six to seven you gotta trust the one in the middle, amen. We thank the Lord for that tonight and, I, and that's just my introduction tonight but here's what I wanna preach on tonight because in, verse, in chapter number eight tonight there's a, there's a church service going on in the midst of Israel. There's a church service taking place amongst the Jewish people and it may not be what you and I are accustomed to but can I say tonight there is a worship service going on in chapter number eight. And here's what I want to preach on tonight. I want to preach on it this way. I want to preach on how every church should have church. 
on how every church, preacher, that's real presumptuous of you. What, you think you're better than everybody else? What do you think? You, we have the secret figured out. I'm not, I'm not saying how many songs you're supposed to sing. I'm not saying when do you take up the offering. I'm not saying when do you start your time, how many times do you meet a week. I'm saying, but when we meet in here, there's some things that need to be accomplished. There's some things that need to be done. There's some things that ought to take place every time we meet together. Because we see it right here in Nehemiah chapter Number eight, there are things that I observed in this service, in chapter number eight, that ought to be in every service that we have. Notice number one tonight, the elevation of the scriptures. Notice the elevation of the scriptures. As far as I know, and reading here in chapter number eight, there's some things that aren't in this service. I don't see any music. I don't see any specials. I don't see any programs. I don't even see an entertaining preacher. I just see the word of God being elevated. Can I say tonight, I thank God for music, thank God for specials, thank God for programs, thank God for men who preach like they believe what they're preaching, amen? I thank the Lord for all those things, but yet here there's this evidence revival and it's tied to an elevation of the word of God. It is lifted up, it is honored, it is, it is, it is, it is presented to the people. Notice this, it was an available, available book. Look at verse number two. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the priest in the leaf. No, he said before all, before the congregation, both of men and women, all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. It was an available, who was it available to? All the men, all the women. If you break it down and get real specific, all those of understanding. Can I say tonight, I thank the Lord for children's ministries, but listen, when they go back there in children's church, when I'm teaching them in Sunday school, I've just got to the place where I'm, I'm just not gonna give them a coloring sheet and a snack and say, that's good enough. I'm not gonna just let them play a few games and call that good. Thankful tonight that we have those who are willing to open up the word of God and teach our children the truths of the word of God tonight because why? They can understand it tonight. Thank you, Skylar. It's an available book. But notice verse number five, it's an open book. Look at verse number five. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for it was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. It was an open book. It was in the sight of all the people. Can I say tonight, I'm glad tonight that when we meet on Wednesday nights, when we meet on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and revival services, thanks be to God that this is an open book. I don't just stand up here and tell you my opinions. I don't stand up and tell you what I think about what's going on in the world. I need to hear thus saith the Lord. I need to hear what the word of God says. I need to know what the Bible says about my life and so do you. We are gonna be an open Bible Baptist church, amen. That's not, we're not changing the name, amen, but we're gonna be an open Bible. This book is available to every believer. Can I say if you ever get somewhere in the man of God or that who's preaching says, don't you worry about that. You just listen to what I have to tell you. You don't go home and study that. You just listen to the preacher. Can I say tonight, get away, get away, run real fast. Because can I say, this thing needs to be open and expounded upon and preached, amen. It was an open book in the sight of all the people. A man who tells you to stay out of the Bible, one is either extremely misguided or trying to control you. It's an available book. It's an open book. But verse number eight shows that it was an expounded book. Look at verse number eight. And so they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. 
That word, that phrase, read it distinctly means they didn't add nothing to it. They didn't bring out the commentaries. They didn't bring out what Spurgeon said. They didn't bring out all, any all this other stuff. They just opened up the word of God and let God speak and let God say what needed to be said through his word tonight. And can I say commentaries have their place. Studying uh, after men, no doubt, can be an encouragement. It can help you. But can I say, uh, more than anything else, we need to learn to open up the word of God and say, speak for thy servant heareth. Notice here tonight, it was read distinctly. Then the Bible said they gave the sense of it. They gave the understanding of it. They gave the meaning of it. In essence, those Levites and, and all, and Ezra the scribe and the priests, and they sat down where they, they went above the people and they said, here's what God is saying right here. Here's what God is trying to tell you. They, they read it distinctly and then, and then they said here, can I say tonight, expository preaching ain't nothing new. They were doing it back in the days of Nehemiah. Amen. Notice this. It, notice this. It gave the sense, the understanding, the meaning. And the Bible said, and caused them to understand the reading. And that's as they said, y'all ain't leaving here. Y'all get this understood. Till y'all get it, until you figure it out. Can I say tonight, as your pastor and as a preacher of the word of God, my heart's desires for you not to walk ahead of her saying, what in the world did he talk about? What in the world did he say? <laughs> I mean, he read the Bible, but I'm not sure he said anything about it, amen. I want you to read that header and say, that's what God has for me. Cause them to understand a thorough explanation of the word of God. And can I say tonight, I, I, I enjoy listening to preaching. I enjoy listening to preachers. I absolutely love it tonight. And I, I know exciting preachers. I know loud preachers. I, I know preachers all across the spectrum. But can I say the services that remain vivid in my memory are the nights when they took the word of God and they expounded upon it thoroughly and I sat there with a little kid with my mouth wide open amazed at the truth that was being presented to me. Can I say tonight we need to be a church. Every church service, there needs to be an elevation of the word of God. Let me ask you that. Would you rather have excited preaching or educating preaching? Preaching that helps you grow. And I say, thanks be to God, you can have both, amen. <laughs> you don't have to, I don't have to be monotone. You can be excited, all that. But can I say, excitement will never go further than education. Well, we need an educating elevation of the scriptures tonight. Notice number one, there was elevation of the scriptures. Notice number two, we see the attention of the saints. In this service, we see the attention of the saints. Can I say, preaching was never meant to be a one-way thing. What do you mean by that, preacher? For a few months, I did it one way. What do you mean? You didn't change your style of preaching? You didn't change your words? No. I preached to y'all through a camera. And when y'all sat at the house, and I ain't gonna lie, I sat at the house in my pajamas sometimes too. Listen to my, I put myself to sleep one time. <laughs> Amen. Told me, I already heard this. <laughs> I said that already. No, but it was never meant to be a one-way We see right here tonight as Ezra begins to read the word of God, it has not just Ezra's attention, not just the man who would say it's doing the preaching, but every person there that day is listening attentively to what is being read out of the word of God tonight. I can preach to you tonight, but I cannot make you listen to the preaching. You ever, you ever said, somebody, said it this way to somebody? I know you're hearing me, but you ain't listening. I know you're hearing me, but you ain't listening. And I can't make you listen to the preaching. I can't make myself and that said, I have to make myself, you have to make yourself listen to the preaching tonight. Preaching was never meant to be a one-way system, a one-way party. But notice, how, how do you know they were, they were attentive saints? 
Notice this, their attention was seen in their reverence. Their attention was seen in the reverence. Look at verse number three. And he read there before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Well, how many are like to just meet at about eight o'clock tomorrow? And we'll just pick a book of the Bible. We'll read it till lunchtime. <laughs> it's unheard of now. We, don't, we ain't got time for that preacher. But notice here he says right there in verse number three, before the men and the women and the people that understood and the ears of all the people were what? Attentive. Unto the book of the law. We see that their reverence for the word of God. It goes on to say in another verse that they stood. Verse number five, and all the people stood up when the book was open. You go, so preacher, why aren't we standing tonight? Are we irreverent? Preacher, are, are, are we being uh, disrespectful to the word of God tonight? No. Can I say tonight? Well, you don't have to stand tonight. We may not stand, but you and I can still honor and reverence the word of God. How, preacher? How can you and I reverence the word of God during the church service? Remove the distractions. Put your phones up. Ain't no need to write notes during church. Ain't nothing going on. I'm not talking about notes like in your, your, your sermon notes. I'm talking about notes to each other. Amen. Figure out what you're going to eat after church. Amen. You, can't, you ain't going to eat before then anyways. Be reverent to the word of God. Remove the distractions. Turn your phone off if you have to. Preach what if somebody has to get a hold of me? The Lord knows. They'll get a hold of you after service. Remove the distractions. Then refuse to be a distraction. Refuse to be a distraction. Oh, preacher, ain't that big of a deal and, and all that. We, we, we went to camp this year and these young kids can tell you uh, during the, the practical Christianity, we drilled in them. We taught them. We laid it out before them how just things like getting up to go in the bathroom in the middle of the service, getting up and, 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 and rolling around on the floor while the preaching's going on. You say, it's not that big of a deal. Can I say it's a great distraction? It's a great distraction. We need to learn to reverence the word of God. Can I say when the Bible's open and the preacher's preaching, whether it's me or somebody else, that is the most important thing going on at the moment. It's what God brought you here for. God's trying to speak to you. God's trying to help you. Notice this, their attention was seen in the reverence. Notice verse number five, their attention was seen in their response. Look at verse number five. And Ezra opened all the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people and when he opened it, all the people stood and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, amen. Amen. It sounds like Ezra might have had a little bit of a fit. Sounds like Ezra might have got a little excited and said, I just want to bless the Lord. And everybody else said, amen, amen, preacher, help yourself. We see here tonight that the, their attention was seen in their response. They responded with their words, amen, amen. When the preacher said something that was right and they said something that helped them, they weren't afraid to say amen. Notice this, not only they respond with their words, they responded with their praise. Look at what it says in verse number six, and the people answered amen, and lifting up their hands, they, they praised the Lord because God had allowed them for, it's been a long time since the word of God had been read in the nation of Israel, and yes, they're responding to the, what is being said, but at the same time, they're praising God because once again, they can hear the very words of God, and how so many times we come into church, we're so preoccupied, we're so busy, that we forget the fact that God has preserved his word that you and I can come in on a Wednesday night and hear from the word of God tonight. They responded with their praise and lifting up with their hands. They responded with their worship. Look at verse number six. And they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They bowed their heads. Can I say tonight, you say, well, preacher, 
I, listen, I've been there, amen. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching that tonight. I, I'm just trying to give you what the Lord gave me. But I've been there where the preaching's done. I'm thinking, that's a great message. That's, that's a wonderful message. That was a great truth. But really, it's not dealing with anything that I'm going through at the moment or, or I'm experiencing at, at this time in my life. And, and thank the Lord for it. And so I stand in my seat. <laughs> I stay there. Can I say tonight, even if the message doesn't deal with me directly, I have reason to go to the altar and thank God that the Bible was preached tonight. That the Bible was preached in the service that I was in. They responded with their worship. Notice this, their attention was seen in their response. Their attention was seen in their reverence. But notice number verse number nine, their attention was seen. I have no idea what I wrote there. Real. I have no idea what that word is. <laughs> Realization, there it is. I just forgot the Z. Their attention was seen in their realization. Look at verse number nine. And Nehemiah, which was of Tirsatha, uh, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites taught the people and said unto the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God, mourn not nor weep, for the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then look at verse number 12. And the Bible says, because they understood the words that were declared unto them. Can I say tonight, when you and I come to church and the preacher preaches and we get it and we understand it and we, we, we can know how to apply it, we know how to live it, we ought to stop and say, thank you, Lord. Can I say tonight, but you'll, if you come into church and you're preoccupied with everything else, you've got the phone on, you're, you're writing the notes one to another, you're, you're busy playing around, you'll miss out with what God had for you. You walk out of church saying, why did I even come? What did I get from tonight? What did I get from today? We see here it's hard to pay attention and remain cold and calloused. I guarantee you now if you come in and say, God, speak. Lord, take your word. Use the man of God to help me what I'm going through. And when he does it, your heart will begin to melt. Your heart will begin to be molded. It's hard to remain a cold Christian and a callous Christian when you come in here to hear from God. It's hard to pay attention and remain cold or calloused but notice this, there was also present conviction. There's present conviction there that, night, that day. They, they found themselves bowed down before. <laughs> Here's the thing tonight. They were, they, I, I, I think, I don't know what was going on there that day, but there's a lot of people that seemed to get tore up that day. I don't know what you mean by that. Give me a second. Ezra's blessing the Lord. And the Bible says they're bowing down, they're weeping, they're mourning, and, and they are a, a broken people to the point where Ezra and all the other leaders had to go to them and say, no, listen, this is a good thing. This is a great thing. God has, has, has done a great work here. We're, we're able to read his word again as a people. Yes, we ought, to, we ought to say, man, that was terrible. We went so long without it. He said, but don't live there. Go on for the glory of God because what God has done. How often do you and I struggle to pay attention during church or are we concerned? Preacher, how, how can I help myself pay attention and say, if I don't, I'll miss what God has for me. I'll miss what God has for me. We see number two, the attention of the saints. Number one, the elevation of the scripture. This ought to take place every service. I'll take place every service in every church tonight. But notice number three tonight, every service ought to end or ought to have a, a, a spot on it where there's the application of the preaching. There's application of the preaching. Look at verse number 10. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. That sounds like, well, I was about to say that sounds like pork chops, but they wouldn't have been eating them back then. That sounds like, well, they would have ate a cow. That sounds like a nice ribeye. Amen, a little cup of sweet tea. Amen, it's in the original text, amen. Go look it up. 
and send portions unto them for whom nothing. So here's that we're, we're good at getting what we want. We're good at getting what we need, right? We, we come in, we're heavy burden and, and we're going through life and God takes his word and he helps us. But notice this, it wasn't just for them to get and them to receive. Look at verse number 10. And send portions to them for whom nothing is prepared. Can I say tonight when you and I come into church, yes, we ought to get what God has for us, but we ought to get so much that we can go share it with somebody else. We have something to take for those who are not prepared and those who don't have what they need. For this day is holy unto the Lord, neither be you sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Then verse number 12, and all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Notice here, James tells us that we're to be, not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. We're not just to come and sit and say, preacher, that's good preaching, that's good truth, preacher, but we ought to take what we hear, apply it in our everyday life, and do that which God has called us and commanded us to do. But notice here, they didn't just hear the word, but they did something with what they heard. Verse number 10, they rejoiced. They rejoiced that they had heard. Neither be you sorry, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. It should cause you great joy that the Lord would allow, that the Lord would speak to you through the preaching of his word. That God would take the time out of all the time of eternity and all the time of history and all the busyness of life right now, he would take the time to take his word and to give you a man of God and give you a preacher that God would use to speak to your heart in a direct manner. It ought to bring joy to your life. They rejoice. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Can I say tonight that is a true statement? That is a true statement. Well, obviously, it's in the word of God tonight. But can I say, what's got you through the hardest times? It's that God-given joy in the midst of it. Boy, if you and I didn't have real joy tonight, what would we have? We see here tonight, they rejoice because the Lord spoke to them through the word of God. Look at verse number 12. They were refreshed. Told them to go eat and drink. Those are refreshments tonight, Amen. I don't know who I was in Sunday school. We were talking about uh, have fun things they did this week. I asked the kid, what, what's something fun you did this week? And one of them said, I ate. I said, that's not fun. That's survival. Amen. I, I eat because I, I, I don't want to know what happens when you don't eat. Amen. I wanna, <laughs> I've, got my, I've got the ways that I like to go when my life is over and starvation isn't one of them. Amen. I, if, I, if I can prevent it, I'm going to do whatever I can. Amen. But eating and drinking, those are refreshments. And can I say that? That's what the word of God is. It's refreshing. It's refreshing on every level, right? You say, well, preacher, I, I, don't, I don't stand on the deep truth. It's okay, there's milk in there. And preacher, I, I, I need something more sustaining. Well, there's meat in there. Preacher, I need something day by day. There's the word of God tonight. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God tonight. My boss talks about being water. Amen. How many are glad for cool water on a hot day? Amen. Thank the Lord for it. Not only is this, they were refreshed, they rejoiced. Boy, I can't tell you how many times the preacher's got up, the man of God has got up to preach and he's taken God's word and I've left out refreshed because he gave that which God had told him to give. They rejoiced, they were refreshed. Look at verse number 12, they reached out. They reached out, all the people went their way into drink, into sin portions. What portions? The portions they're commanded in verse number 10 for those for whom nothing is prepared let me ask you tonight, if you go to work tomorrow, you're about your, around your friends and family tomorrow, what could you share with them that took place tonight? What truth could you take from the word of God? 
And so many times, and I, I've been guilty of this in my life, where I go to church, I listen to the preaching, and, <laughs> and then I, sometimes even when I'm done preaching, somebody say, what did you preach on? I said, I, give me a minute. Amen, it has went in one, it, it, is, it has left my brain. But so many times, and I'll say, what, 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 was, what did the preacher say? And I mean, I listened to it. I said, amen, I was there. And I think, I can't remember, preacher. How can, how can we solve that problem? It's called a pen and paper. Write down what the Lord deals with your heart about in the midst of the service. Write down what God has showed you as the preacher's preaching and as the word of God is being read and being expounded upon. Write it down and take it to the altar and pray over it and say, God, you'll have this. Lord, I'll share it with whoever you want me to share it with. Lord, give me an opportunity to share it. Preacher, I have a terrible memory. Bring a, bring a notepad. <laughs> if it helped you tonight, it'll probably help somebody else. It'll help somebody else what they're going through. They reached out. Let me ask you now what portion you're gonna take home tonight to share with somebody who wasn't here. Share with somebody who wasn't prepared. Share with somebody who doesn't have what you have tonight. In essence, I'm gonna ask you this. What are you gonna do with what you heard tonight? What are you gonna take away with it? What are you gonna leave with in your little doggy bag, so to speak, and say, God gave me, a, God gave me some leftovers I can, I, I can hang on to and, 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 and chew on the next day Notice this, there was an application of the preaching. There was the attention of the saints. There was the elevation of the scriptures. Preacher, that sounds good for Sunday morning. We need that on Sunday morning service. We need it Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, anytime we come in here, Sunday school, men's fellowship, ladies' fellowship, you name it or not, we need to have this, these things present when we meet together. But we need to elevate the scriptures. We need to pay attention then we need to apply what we heard. I believe that's how every church ought to go to church tonight. Every church ought to go to church. That